they getting wild for me. And all the pretty chicks all wanna smile at me. These rap cats, man, they all got this out for me. And if I ever see them, man, they probably bow to me. And when these beats drop, I know they gonna leave. Worthy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Amon Sheeran's Pirate Radio Podcast. On today's NBA, NBA preview, we have two guests. The first one is illustrious as always, Elijah Taylor. Elijah, thank you for coming back on. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, congrats on the pod. You've been doing well. So you have some big time guests. Yeah, man. I'm just like the slowest person on this podcast that's been on here. You had some fast people on your podcast as of late. So yeah, well, you're, cool. you're still faster than me, so. That's eh, good. <laughs> I don't know about that anymore. I only got one arm, so you probably take that. All right. I appreciate it. Fair enough. So, um, NBA preview. Season starts the 22nd. A lot of things to talk about. The best place to start, to start I think, is the Giannis contract. Biggest contract ever. Five years. $228 million, if I'm correct. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Um, I'm happy. As a basketball fan, I think for the first time in like a while, we've had where, like, a homegrown in-market star stays in that market and doesn't, like, dash off at their first chance, like, in free agency. And I think it's going to – I don't know if he'll ever win a championship in Milwaukee. Like, honestly, I don't know if that's necessarily in his control. Right. But I do think he'll always be – as long as he's on the team, you know, they'll always be contenders. And obviously, you know, there's going to be people you never know. Like, they might go mid-season and say, yo, let's trade for James Harden, and then all of a sudden they're the favorites out of the Eastern Conference. So, I think it was a big move. I think every team in the NBA is probably happy about that. Every fan base is happy, except maybe like, I don't know, maybe Miami fans, maybe Dallas fans. They might have envisioned him going to Miami, maybe him going to Dallas. But I think besides that, every fan base is pretty happy. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that one. I'm glad he stayed. shows his, his loyalties. It's like not the new NBA, like, um, like chip yeah. chasing necessarily. So I think as long as he's there, there's going to be – they're, the Bucks are going to be a contender, so I'm happy to see yeah. that. At least for this first, like five, at least for the first, like you know, contract. This is his first big contract. After this, if it doesn't work out, then I give him free option to go wherever he wants at that point. Yeah, know? no, I agree with that. I give him credit for sticking it out for the next five. Um, yeah. You touched on my next point, which is uh, James Harden. Uh, he's fat now. Uh, he so- missed missed training camp. He was in Vegas and Atlanta. So, um, do you think he wants to be in Houston? Nah, I definitely don't think he wants to be in Houston. But uh, I feel like at this point with James, he's kind of such a tricky guy. I, I'm, I'm not a huge – like I said, I respect his game. He's really good. I'm not a huge fan of him as a teammate. And if you look at it, he's at the point now where he's kind of burned every bridge he's had. Like, it's kind of funny you look at the evolution of James Harden's career. Like, he started in Oklahoma City as, like, Six man of the year guy off the bench, right. and he comes up to Houston where he finally gets this unique opportunity where it's like, yo, you 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 get to start. And I don't think anybody imagined he'd be that good, even maybe even himself. But now that he's kind of involved into this mega star, I think like there might have been a report yesterday where like everybody in Houston was like bending over backwards to accommodate his needs in terms of like player personnel, in terms of like team decisions and. I think, and at this point, I feel like the organization at this point needs to put their foot down. Obviously, like two years on your deal, it's not as pressing as if it was like the final year and he's going into free agency. So I don't think they're going to settle for anything less. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. he's a prime asset. We're only going to get this opportunity like the window is, is closing. Yeah. And I also feel like, not to say that it's a bad thing, but Anthony Davis kind of didn't do him any favors. If you look at the hole that he got in his trade, it was like the Lakers got, gave up like Everyone. generations of first-round picks and young right. talent. And I don't know who in the NBA really has that situation right now other than maybe the team that traded Anthony Davis away. But right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I don't Falcons. really I, – I don't, and I don't necessarily see them making that trade right now. So I think he's probably going to be on ice for at least until – you know, February, March. But. Yeah, he's going to have to figure it out one way or the other, whether they add a piece or he, like, fully commits to winning in Houston. Yeah. So um, the next point, obviously, the the Beal-Westbrook trade, uh, also involving the Rockets and the Wizards. Uh, who do you think won that trade, if anyone? Um, it's a really complicated trade because yeah. uh, I think before this year, everybody could pretty much agree that John Wall had, like, the worst contract the NBA by far, like it's probably it's probably still the worst contract in the NBA. Um, coming off his injury, you know, it just 
if you didn't show me him playing, I would have been like, hell no. I saw his preseason game. He looks explosive. You know, like I said, with modern medicine now and like, you yeah. know, we've seen people come back from torn anything in your back and you're good. So I don't doubt that he'll still be able to revert to like still being that elite player that he was. But at the same time, I don't know. You know, he's just, I, I, it, to me, it's not really, I don't think there's any winners of the trade. Like I said, like, yeah, um, Bill gets Westbrook in Washington. We'll see how that pairing works together. But at the same time, there's a possibility Bill leaves at the end of this all season as well. So I think it, you know, I think both sides kind of won in a weird way. Can't really explain it. I would say the bigger winner would be probably Washington. Because even though Westbrook's contract is also pretty bad, it's not as bad as John Wall's. Right, so right. I, I think they have flexibility in the long term, at least. Yeah, I'm interested to see the, the new duo pairing. Um, yeah. Like I said, like you said, I think it's a fair trade. Uh, who do you think is the better duo, Beal and Harden or Westbrook? Uh, oh, Westbrook <laughs> and Beal. And Harden and, uh, and John. John, um, yeah. The thing with the thing I will say is I would probably say Westbrook and Beal, and the only reason I'll say that is Beal. It, it's because of the two players in, the, in their own right. Beal is actually able to play without the ball in his hand, whereas yeah. like. John Wool, he can't really shoot really well, and James, same. James is just ball dominant guard, so they're both two ball dominant players. So I don't know, they're gonna have to figure out how it works. Like James isn't really much of a catch and shoot guy, really. So, you know, I don't know. There might be a whole lot of like John Wool just standing around not doing anything while James is dribbling the ball. So yeah, I think definitely Beal and Westbrook could work a little better in terms yeah. of like skill sets. I agree with that. With Beal playing off ball with Harden, you mm-hmm. probably just want to have three shooters and like a big man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. you don't really so. need the other guy, other big guy like that, like John Wall. So and another thing with Harden, I really got to just see, like, you know, he's. If you look at these previous years, they've designed systems just to accommodate him, like even their lineups and everything. And it's like, I don't know if this new coach will necessarily do that, especially with this, you know, him being unhappy. So he may have to play in a system where maybe he's not getting the ball as much. So it's definitely interesting, you know. We'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, we'll definitely see. Uh, the draft a couple weeks ago. Um, what were your takeaways from the draft? Who do you think had the best draft? Uh, it was a really weird draft because, mm-hmm. like I said, we didn't really get to see a lot of these guys. Not even because of COVID. Because when you think about it, most of the collegiate season was kind of finished. But they all each had their own unique issues. Like, we didn't get to see James Wiseman much because he had the scandal at Memphis. So, like, you only saw a right. couple games. And I would say going into the year, the consensus number one pick would, would be him. Then, you know, LaMelo went overseas, but, you know, all you see are YouTube highlights of LaMelo kind of making these crazy passes, you know, making these crazy shots. And I would say there's no star. There was no stars in that draft. I would say they're good, solid play. Maybe LaMelo. If there's going to be a star, it may be LaMelo. But right, like I, I said, I think that. everybody went to the perfect situation, give or take, at least in the top five. Um, you know, the guy that went first out of Georgia, I watch a lot of SEC basketball, and you know when you watch games, you're like, that guy never really popped out to me. He, he never really popped out to me. He's very physical. But I don't know if he's really that good. Is that why? Um, uh, Williams? Um, what's the guy that went first? I forgot his name. Oh, Anthony Edwards? Anthony Edwards, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. His game didn't really pop to me like that when I saw it. Georgia. It looked like everybody else, I was like, okay, I see what you got there. Like James Wiseman, his length, his versatility, I think he'll fit in the Warriors system very well. Mm-hmm. Um, LaMelo, I think going in. Charlotte, you're just going to be able to do whatever the hell you want. Like, they just wanted a star to really sell tickets, and I think that's what you can be. Um, and, you know, I saw a lot of, like, better picks down the road. Like, I like Obi Toppin to the Knicks. I Thank think you. Thank you. Really athletic. I think he was really, like, underrated. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so we'll have to wait and see. I, like I said, I don't think you'll see these guys, like, fully blossom for another year or two. So Yeah, generally. You know, have to obviously come back. Generally, like second, third years, start people to see people really blow up. Other than Luca, who was an all star in his rookie year, but um, like you yeah. said, I think the most highlight real superstar potential is Lamelo. We've already seen it in the preseason, and then everyone else we kind of see how it shakes out. Um, I'm happy with what you said about Obi Top, and there was a lot of uh, doubters on Twitter, but I think if he can figure out his defense, he could be a really good asset to the Knicks. So, yeah, I was a huge fan of him, even like in college and. Like I said, if he, if he somehow fell to the Nets, which I know was impossible, I would have been ecstatic. I just love his game, and I think he's like a ready. I think he's going to be one of the rookie of the year candidates if they could find a way to just 
get him in their rotation and figure out because, you know, they have a lot of forwards right now in the Knicks, but I think they can figure it out. Yeah, I think even – I would rather play him than Julius Randle at this point. Yeah, I mean, they pay yeah. Randle a lot, but – yeah, so, they, they, they have to figure it out, though. You know, right. that's something Thibodeau to really figure out, but mm-hmm. he has to play, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, Robinson is really big. Love, love watching yeah. him play. So we'll see how they work out their forwards, or our forwards, I should say, as a Knicks fan. Um, speaking of fandom, I know you're a big Nets fan. What are the 2020-2021 expectations for the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, so now that we didn't trade the farm away from James Harden, which I'm very happy for, because I was very scared of that. I, I was very anti, don't trade the system away. Um, I think the goal this season, anything less than the Eastern Conference Finals is like a failure. Like, okay. and I know that sounds crazy, but I feel like barring, and I don't even care if, like, barring Kevin Durant getting hurt, right. we should at least be an Eastern Conference Finals. Like, if Kyrie goes down, it's like, all right, whatever. I think we have enough guards to, like, literally be fine. But as long as they have Kevin Durant, he he's looked very good. Like like I said, even when I saw like videos of him shooting around like throughout the past couple of months, I was like, oh, all right, he looks healthy, he's dunking, he's you know he doesn't look stiff. And even and I think this the 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 mantra of him was always even if he comes back, it's not like he has to be like mobility. Like speed isn't really part of his game. He's gonna still always be like seven foot and able to shoot over people. Right. So like the skill's not gonna really like go away. So I think as long as we're you know not overusing him, obviously I think there'll probably be a little bit of minutes restrictions in the beginning to some extent. But I think he'll be good to go. And I think the team, the fact that we kept the core group together, it's good. The only thing is we have a new first year, first time ever head coach in Steve Nash. So. He has to learn how to fit those parts together. It's going to be tough the first couple of months, I think, with this rotation in terms of who starts, who comes off the bench, which lineups are most effective in which situations. Like, you know, do I want to have Karis LeVert running point guard? Do I want Spencer Dinwiddie? You know what I mean? It's going to be so many different factors. But right. the fact that we have those pieces to play with, I'd rather be in that situation than be stuck with, you know, uh, a non-talented roster. So. Yeah, they have a lot of good problems to have in terms of rotations, like you said. Yeah, I think a good thing for Nets fans is Katie doesn't necessarily have to worry about the regular season. You know, let exactly. Everyone else handle that. Um, I think you guys look really promising without Katie or Kyrie at the end of the bubble with the yeah. rotation. So I think adding them, I think they'll be able to figure it out. Um, you brought up something I forgot. Steve Nash, what do you think of that hire? Um, it caught me off guard, honestly. It was very funny because I was working in my net shirt randomly that day. I didn't know that news was going to drop. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, Steve Nash is a new coach. Um, and, I, you know, I didn't really feel any ways about it. It wasn't like I was like, oh, my God, slammed on, you know, potentially. I think I like, you know, I would say I have a better feeling than I had when we hired Jason Kidd a couple of years ago in terms of, like, you know he's a basketball savant. He has that knowledge, one of the best point guards that ever played a game. Um, so I think he'll be fine. And what I did like was the, the coaching staff they fit around him. Like right. The coaching staff around him is like they they they, re, they retained the uh, the interim coach that we had last year, which was Gabon. Uh, we brought in um, Amari, the Rockets coach. Yeah, we brought in Amari Stoudemire. He's the development coach. You know, so many like great like talented guys and coaches that I think will be fine. Like it's one of those like there's too much great basketball minds in one room for us not to be good at, especially offensively. I think offensively we'll score a lot of points. So all I'm worried about is how we, you know, defend and how we develop on that end. And that's the only thing I'm like kind of worried about, but we'll have to just wait and see. Gotcha. Yeah. I agree with that. At least he has people around Nash has people around him where he's not totally on his own. So I think that helps. Um, all right. We're going to get into the, um, so we'll start in the East. Who do you think is the biggest threat to the Nets? Right now, um, I would say that who the Nets the biggest threat to because, like I said, I still want to keep that under the but um, I would say the biggest, and this is just me, I guess everybody, I guess you would say the Bucks, they're like the big dog that everybody has to take down, even though they didn't make it to the conference finals. I know a lot of people were hyped about Miami making the finals last year. I do think that was more of a circumstantial thing than them actually being like here and arrived. I think a lot of guys on that team played outside of themselves, not saying that they're not good players, but, you know, it's just a whole different um, set of circumstances. But uh, I would say the biggest threat, if not Milwaukee, would be Boston. Okay. And I know that sounds crazy, them losing Gordon Hayward, but they have so much talent on that roster that 
if Jason Tatum takes another step forward, it's like you don't know what you're, what you're going to get. He might be the next super superstar. So they just have a lot of talent. They're well coached. But, um, yeah, I would definitely say who would I not want to see in the conference finals? I'd rather not see <laughs> – I'd rather probably not see Boston. But at the same time, Milwaukee's no joke either. But, yeah. yeah. Like you said, I think Tatum's definitely a step away from being a superstar. He's uh, underrated defensively, and obviously Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the league. So it definitely yeah, makes he sense. Grew two inches too, which is like crazy. Damn. Yeah, that's a problem. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, so it's nuts. Yeah, and that that dunk he almost had on um on the Heat was pretty crazy uh, at the end oh of the playoffs. So yeah, who who was that on? I'm forgetting. I think he tried to dunk on Bam, right? Yeah, Bam had a bio. Had yeah, a bio. yeah, that, that was, was a great so block. Crazy. Too. It was just... It's like broke his wrist. It was like, yeah, it was nuts. It was literally like the inverse of the Odell catch. But yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good comparison. Uh, we'll move over to the West. Obviously, Lakers going to be tough to stop. Uh, who are the big dogs in the West in your eyes? Um, so yeah, I think the Lakers are like favored to repeat. They're um, plus one ninety to to win it all. Yeah, which I don't know. I think that's too optimistic. I I do think it's going to be tough. I would honestly say their their biggest issue, which most people won't really think of it this way, I think it's the Nuggets. And the reason I say that, mm-hmm. that Nuggets team really showed me a lot in the bubble. And it's like they're young. Everybody's back except for like Jeremy Grant. But like they're young, I think. Uh, what's the kid, the light skinned dude that they drafted with the back issues out of Missouri a couple of years ago? Uh, isn't Michael Williams? Porter Jr.? Michael Porter Jr., yeah, yeah. He's, I think he has, like, superstar potential. With, I feel like he could honestly take another step forward. I really I really liked how he played in the bubble, especially, like, when he kind of was like, yo, I need the ball more. Like, mm-hmm. he called that out, and he made that statement. And I felt like he backed it up the next He season. definitely they, backed they it actually, up. They won, and they were, like, down 3-1. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's impressive. Any team that could do that, whether it's in the bubble, whether it's in a real, like, crowd-filled arena, that's impressive. I, I like – they have the most – they have the most potential to just catch fire. And like I said, their lineup, they have enough firepower where I feel like if they all take a step forward, they can match head to head with the Lakers. The only person they cannot defend is LeBron, but everybody else, you could say, all right, you're, you're guarding AD, you're guarding this guy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Definitely the Nuggets. I th- uh, yeah, I thought um, people are ready to write off the Clippers, but I thought coming back, so the Nuggets credit that they were able to come down from 3 1 to the Clippers. Um, I yeah. think they're still there. They just have to. Uh, mentally kind of get reset between Kawhi and Paul, especially Paul George. But um, yeah. we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, the Nuggets, Clippers. Um, who else is out there that uh, you think can do some damage? Uh, I think Phoenix is going to be a fun team. I don't yeah. know. They're so young. I mean, they got Chris Paul. I would say they're a good dark horse to get out the first round. Um, if I had to pick another team, I would say Utah. Honestly, I think a lot of people don't respect Utah. Yeah. Utah is freaking – they're tough, man. They're, they're really tough. That's another team where I, I feel like you don't necessarily want to see in the first or second round in the playoffs. Um, it's tough. Like I said, will the Lakers probably make it out? Yeah, but they also have a small margin of error. And when I say that, barring, like, good, healthy, I don't make it. But if somebody gets injured, like – whether it's LeBron or AD, then they're in like big trouble. Like they don't have enough, even though they've had they're not deep season, enough. They don't yeah. have enough depth to yeah. They don't have enough depth to supplement one of those big two guys going down. Whereas like if a team like the Nets, if you lost Kyrie, I think we're okay. Like I'm not worried mm-hmm. about us losing that much production. Whereas if they lose AD or LeBron, it's like season's over. It's a wrap. Like, yeah, and in year 18, you know who knows what can happen to LeBron. Um, yeah, and it just. It's a short off season too, you know what I'm saying? They and they played the longest, the yeah. The bubble, yeah. And he has the shortest rest, so they're gonna have to be careful with how they manage that. I think. Yeah, I think um, uh, minute limits and a lot of stuff will happen, especially early on. Um, yeah. and they kind of reshuffled their roster, but it ended up kind of to me this similar to what they had originally. Yeah, they just got younger and kind of replace older guys with young guys. Like I, I like the Schroeder pick you know shorter pickup with shorter trade i think he's good i don't know if he has the wittiness that rajon rondo has exactly. the only thing i would say watching a lot of dennis shorter dennis shorter when he's good is great but when dennis shorter is feeling inconsistent himself, he'll take shots that are dumb and you look at it like what the hell are you doing so you have to be prepared for that as well and we'll see he's not necessarily the basketball genius that rondo is so that's yeah. something they definitely probably took for granted just a little bit 
Yeah, Rondo is um, one of the great basketball moments that we have today between his passing and just overall basketball IQ, so I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to, before we wrap up, get into some of the NBA like uh, award predictions, and then we can do some of the odds. Um, so Rookie of the Year, I think we kind of touched on it already. Uh, my favorite would be Lamelo. Um, I like what you said about yeah. Obi Toppin, but I think Lamelo right now is a favorite. Yeah, I would say Obi Toppin plays – I would say Obi, but Lamelo. It's Lamelo's award to lose. He yeah. definitely has every advantage to go ahead and win it. Definitely. So uh, obviously Giannis is coming off Defensive Player of the Year and MVP, uh, two consecutive MVPs. I don't think it'll be him again for at least the Defensive Player of the Year and probably the MVP also. But who are you looking at that could um, kind of surprise some people and come out defensively this year? Yeah, good, great, great, great question. I would say MVP, honestly. I know I don't want to sound like a Nets homer, but if Kevin Durant comes back averaging 28 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, I think it's going to probably go to him because in that situation, if the Nets go from like a 7-8 seed, like what we've been in the past, to like a 1 seed over overnight, I think you'll have to give him the MVP award. That's really what it's going to come down to, I feel like. So I'll go KD. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I think um, in a way it's just to lose as long as he stays healthy because um, – I think he's the toughest matchup right now. Uh, like all things going for him with um with his legs attached. So yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So I'm really excited for the season. Twenty second. Uh. What is your? If I give you uh fifty nine over under wins for the Nets. Fifty nine. That's a big number. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say under. And the only reason I'm gonna say under is. I do think there's going to be a point where we struggle trying to figure out rotations and who starts and who plays and them getting the chemistry. Like, the core group of the team has a lot of experience playing to, playing with each other, but Kyrie doesn't and Kevin yeah. Durant doesn't. And that's going to be, even with Kyrie, before Kyrie got hurt, I did notice there were times where the offense looked stagnant, where, you know, he would just kind of dribble around and everybody's kind of standing around, the ball's not moving around. And I think they're going to have to learn to play within a system where, you know, we're moving the ball, passing the ball. We're only letting, you know, we're letting guys take high percentage shots instead of you just saying, I'm going to drive to the hoop with four guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? So right. I think that'll probably change up a little bit. But once we get that, I think we'll be good. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see how everything pans out in Brooklyn. Am I crazy as a Knicks fan to think if everything goes right, everyone buys into the Thibodeau system defensively, hard work. Uh, the rotation works out that they can make a uh, run for the eight seed. I think so. Okay. I, and I know everything says, hey, no, no, we're not going to get it. I think it's possible because not to shit on the Eastern Conference, but the Eastern Conference isn't that strong towards the bottom. Like, right. I'm trying to think when you look at the eight seed, you're talking about people like Orlando, like Matt, 500. Uh, you can be yeah, 500. Like, 500. And it's a shorter season. You're talking about teams like Orlando, you're talking about teams like Detroit, you're talking about teams like. You know, those are teams you could actually compete with and beat out. I think if they could find ways to get off to a good start and they get young guys to buy in, and more importantly, I think if they could improve defensively, because Tim's always been a great defensive-minded coach, if he could get that in and they're a really good defensive team, I think they could definitely, you know, upset a couple people. Because they have talent. Offensively, they have talent. Mm -hmm. It's not like the Knicks are some barren. I've seen some bad Nets teams back in the day. I've been part of all of those. So. This this next team is nowhere close to that. I think they have enough talent. I think RJ Barrett can definitely take another step forward. I think they could do it. The only person on the team I'm not sold on, and I think it's a make or break this year, it'd be Knox and Frankie uh, Nokina. Those two guys got to prove themselves. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Frankie smokes. Nokina is my favorite player, and I think he's really going to shine this year under Thibodeau. So I hope so. I hope so. I like Frankie. So we'll see. Knox. If he, he, if he takes a step forward, then I think you guys can make it. Not bad. My alarm's going off. But um, on that note, thank you very much for coming on. I'd love to have you back on um, before the playoffs and finals. But um, let every yeah, let everyone know where they can find your podcast and all your stuff. Uh, yeah, I actually just started recording a day ago because I was like on injured reserve with a broken arm. Had a freak accident. <laughs> a tree fell on me. But uh, if you guys want to check out my podcast, you can find me on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. It's called the Wave America Podcast. Talk about everything from sports to current events to everything you can imagine. So check us out. 
and I uh, appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you guys for listening. Welcome back to part two of the NBA preview. We have another illustrious guest, Ryan DePinto, to discuss some NBA, which starts tomorrow. Ryan, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem, man. Excited to be here to talk about the NBA. All right. So uh, first order of business is the biggest contract in NBA history. Giannis, five years, $228 million. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, personally, I think this is great for the NBA. Um, I just think stars leaving small franchises like Milwaukee and obviously what happens like Anthony Davis um, is never ideal for the NBA, just in the sense that like you don't want to have – just four or five teams that are always the top of the league and competitive. Right. So I think it's just great that he's staying in that um, sense. Um, and just everything Milwaukee's done so far this offseason to kind of build around Giannis, I think it'll, it'll end up being being pretty good long-term and, and make for an exciting uh, race in the East again. So. I, I agree with that. It shows kind of his character that he's willing to stay there and fight it out. And um, there's still going to be a huge threat in the East. Obviously, uh, other players kind of doing the opposite. James Harden uh, basically asking out of Houston, not showing up for training camp, um, coming in overweight. Uh, and it's just kind of all over the place. So, Yeah, he's been, he's been, uh, he's been having a different type of offseason. Um, yeah. I saw that picture of him looking a little little chunk, yeah. at least. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think, I think he needs to get moved. For, I think it'll be best for Houston. Mm-hmm just to get him out of there because it's, it's just never good to have someone who clearly doesn't want to be with the organization just kind of dragging everyone else's mood down and right. it's just it's, I think it's time they're not going to win the title this year with Sam Moore or without him yeah so, the path for them just, does include James Harden so um, and it's one thing because he's so ball dominant it's tough very tough to build around him also so I can see them adding like different pieces to, to help them grow yeah and I think I think I mean I don't know from Sixers end, but I think just Ben Simmons straight up or James Harden is the best thing they're going to find, mm-hmm. and I think that would be great for them, honestly. Um, obviously, Harden's a better player right now, but I just think getting a player locked in on their, on their rookie deal who's going to sign his extension, obviously, for the next four years just because all players do that, so they don't right. go to like non-restricted free agency. Um, I just think that would be great and like build around a young player Add shooters, something that the Sixers obviously haven't done, just because they had Simmons as well. I mean, uh, NBA as well. So right. I just think that could be could be good for them. Yeah. Kinda, they wouldn't have to fall too far in the long term. They'd obviously be worse off this year and next year losing Harden. A long term. I think the ceiling could be higher long term with Simmons than Harden. Um, so uh, speaking of the some trades, we had um, the Westbrook trade. Who do you and the the Beal trade? Obviously, the same trade. Who do you think makes that better, Washington or Houston, in that trade? Um, I think uh, for next year, I think the Wizards will actually be pretty competitive in the East. Obviously, I don't think they're going to make the finals or anything like that. Right. But I think they'll be like a six or seven seed. Um, having Westbrook and Beal just in the East, it's not that deep. So if you have two top twenty players, top twenty-five players, wherever right. you want to put Westbrook, obviously Beal's in that category. Um, I think you're going to be competitive. Um, I like what they did. Their rookie, Denny Avdia, that they drafted. Um, he's been pretty pretty solid so far in preseason. So, I mean, they've got some pieces. So, I think they'll, they'll, I think they'll make out better. Um, I, although, I don't hate it for the Rockets in the sense that, like, they did get a pick back. I think their contracts end in similar years. I mean, they're both on monstrous deals. Right. Westbrook, but I think, I think they both just needed a change of scenery. So, I think it could be good for both of them. Yeah, we'll see how it works out. We'll uh, stay in the East. Obviously, the team everyone has their eye on is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, how do you think it works out? Can uh, Kyrie and Kyrie, uh, KD and Kyrie coexist? And how do you think the Nets will do this year? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm, right. I might be a, a Kyrie. There we go. I might be a, a Nets hater, but I, I'm I'm not. I don't view them as a serious title contender. I, I think they're gonna. I mean, if KD comes back and is ninety percent of himself, I think he's gonna be. MVP candidate, like usual, yeah. but I just don't see their roster winning four playoff rounds. Like I don't see them winning four playoff series, and I don't know. I just don't see Kyrie being the piece that they need around uh, Durant. Right. I think it's a lot of nice pieces, um, but I just I don't see them being great on D. I think it's a lot to ask of Durant to kind of guard Giannis come back and be peak. Yeah, be peak uh, Durant defensively at least. 
right. and then you have DeAndre Jordan, Irving. Oh. It's like I don't know who's their real defender. Really yeah. Then you look to like Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, are, are they really yeah, playing they, defense? They're also, they're great players. Like, they're great yeah. pieces and young. But I just don't think that they're like a championship roster right now. But I mean, uh, if Katie comes back and is clicking and Kyrie's locked in, they can make me look wrong on that. But I mean, I, I'm I'm more in the let's let's see at the first thirty games and then I'll right. I'll buy in before I'm just going to be someone who's like, yeah, they're they're the favorite in the East. I don't feel that way right yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different take. You're probably one of the few people who's short on the Nets right now, but I like it because it's not um, like what you hear from everyone saying like the Nets are come out of the East. So I like that you have a different take yeah. on that. And once again, it's not like I'm saying they're going to be like the seventh seed. They're going right. to be bad. I think they're going to be a top three seed. Solid. I just probably. don't think. I think there's going to be growing pains. I think Katie's going to need to take time. He's not going to come in and be playing 35 minutes a game. So it's like, and then Kyrie, you never. He's had injuries, his own injury problems, along with being a psychopath. Yeah. Like, we'll see. <laughs> I like their young pieces. I mean, I like their team. I like their coach. Joe Harris. Like yeah. First year coach too. Like Can be growing pains there. First year coach, but um, yeah, I like I like Kenny Atkinson, but um, obviously Steve Nash. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, we'll move on across the the subway to our team, the New York Knicks. Um, a lot of young pieces, no real stars, but uh, I really like the coach Thibodeau, defensive minded, like hardworking, hustle mindset. So I think that's kind of what they need right now. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, go ahead. No, you keep Yeah, so I was just gonna say like um. From what we've seen in the preseason, uh, Manuel Cookley's done really well. Um, they're talking about him starting. Obviously, have Austin Rivers, Frank Nilakina, probably my favorite player on the team. But I could see him backing up quickly. Uh, a lot of forwards between like Toppin, Robinson, Randall, all these forwards. It's going to be interesting to see how Thibodeau works out the like the minutes and the the matchups. But um, who who are you um, expecting to break out this year of the the young crew? Personally, um, I'm still a Frank believer as well. I love Frank Nilakina. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's just I, he's in the wrong situation here. He's not. Right. I think he's a point guard still, but I just don't think he's uh, create your offense for around yeah 25 minutes a game point guard right now. I think he'd fit really well, honestly, in like that Drew Holiday role that like exactly. you know he can bring the ball up, he can create some offense, but you don't want you're not relying on him. He can shoot off ball, lock down D, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. I think Mitch Robinson is going to yes. be a beast. I Thank think you. I hope I hope Tibbs plays him and he starts. Um, but even if he's coming off the bench and they start like Nerland, Noel, or I don't know if Randall at the five or what they're planning on doing. But I think him and then I mean I'm hoping for RJ to take another step, but I don't know. We'll see. He's looked he's looked hot and cold this preseason, but I, I think Mitchell Robinson's a freak athletically, and I just think he can. Yeah, he's not going to be one of those guys where you're like, oh shit, he's putting up 22 and 10. He's a superstar in that sense. But I think he's going to be like, kind of like Bam out of bio, kind of snuck up on people in the playoffs in the sense that like he was doing everything on D. He could switch every position, Blocks, guard everyone, rebounds. and then you yeah. know he's running to the rim, doing that stuff. I think Mitch will be like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I think he can almost defend like four or five positions with his, his speed. He just needs to put yeah. on a little more muscle. He switched on from any guard, and I mean, he's not going to guard Steph Curry, but if he gets switched on to him, he's not going to be. It's not a problem. On, he's not going to be on skates right. immediately. Against he can hold anyone. it for the last five seconds with a shot clock. Yeah, um, so I really hope they go like start Robinson and back up uh, with Obi, and then have yeah. Nerlens mix it up. But um, what do you think of Obi so far? I mean like- the. I wasn't sure um, when we drafted him. People have been high and low on him. So, obviously, there's some yeah. questions defensively. But I think offensively and athletically is a, a lot of potential. So, we'll see. Offensively, I feel like I like what I, I – didn't, I didn't like the pick initially. I didn't right. hate it, but I was I was a Killian Hayes guy coming in. Mm-hmm. I was the Lamella, but I knew we weren't going to be in that right. range. And Toppin, I was just – I was kind of, like, struggling with his defense – just like I was like I don't you know, I don't know if he plays championship level defense, but then I thought about like him next to Mitch is actually a good fit long term. Right. And we already have a bunch of uh, I don't know like Frank defensive minded players. It's almost like someone who could just go get a bucket like Obi and kind of like spark the offense. Is honestly kind of what they needed. So I'm 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 cautiously optimistic for him. Matt. Yeah, I think whether they like it or not, they're going to be out playing a lot of defense this year under Thibodeau either way. So everyone's going to be like forced to you know, take another step defensively. 
just because like they, they won't play if they're not trying hard on defense. So well, I think that's um, the perfect coach for him, honestly. Yeah. Probably, like, and and that, Frank, that's, too. He's not yeah. going to be able to skate by or he'll get pulled. If he wants to play, he's going to got to earn your minutes type of thing. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think in terms of the Twitter world, like the starting five everyone wants, in terms of Nick's Twitter is like quickly, Barrett, um, I would say Mitch, and then OB. OB, yeah, and then the five could go a few different ways but um i like that i think quickly is proving himself i don't know if he's t- like 100 percent earned it in like three games but i think he's earned certainly uh, backup minutes and significant minutes so we'll see um obviously you know the our ceiling is probably like an eight seed and even that's a stretch because we don't have like those two stars like the like the yeah. lakers and the nets have but um we'll see i'm definitely excited for the season either way yeah i think i think we're definitely gonna I don't see a playoff run personally, but I mean, obviously, I'd hope. I mean, in the East, it's not saying much to right. win. You could be under 500 and be the seven seed, so it's yes. not like they couldn't do that. But I see them being kind of like a bottom six or seven team in the league this year, and then but but in a more exciting way, in the sense that like you got some young guys, hopefully getting bulk of the minutes. They're playing exciting. Obi's got some highlights. You know, RJ takes another step. Uh, Frank's Frank's looking like himself. Mitch is playing well, and then you know from there you get another star. This next draft coming up is mm-hmm. pretty stacked. So if you get one more draft like that, and then I think then they'll be in the playoff push, kind of. Right. And we'll have cap space. So I think this is like the last year of like the kind of tortured. Tortured it, fandom. Right, this be the last year of like tortured bottom five team in the league, but it'll be more exciting and less kind of like we're in purgatory with like big contracts of players who are average it's more like we're bad because we're playing young players so i mean not only least exciting for a fans. yeah i just like to see them be scrappy uh stay in games and um 100%, just yeah. be like exciting to watch it's really all you could ask for um as a knicks fan at this point so um even if there's feelings like 35 wins i like you can watch games differently depending if like if they're staying in them late and fighting fighting yeah, out till the end so we'll see. yeah I'll pull, I'll pull it up too Miles yeah, Powell, DSJ. Because mm-hmm. of uh, Alfred being out. Right. Yeah, I, I would personally, I think, just going with like the young players, like if this is the starting, this is kind of the five I want to see, would be Quigley, Barrett. Quigley, Barrett. I'll put Knox in there for now, Obi and, and Mitch. Yeah. And then have Frank, Frank kind of in and out with, with Quigley based off who's hot. And that's kind of the five of like, all right, let's see what the young guys kind of have. And then you supplement in. Obviously, that's not going to be actually what starts. I'm sure they're going to, I'm sure. They'll be in the uh, rotation. They're going to want some older guys like Rivers and uh, Randall. Outburst. Yeah, Adam Randall. Like those yeah. kind of guys. Noel, he's been proven on defense. So. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think Knox is um kind of like a prove year for him. Um, oh, big he's, time. He's big a, time. A, I think he has a really good ceiling, and he's shown in the preseason that he can hit like the corner three. So I don't know if that's his role long term because he had like such high ceiling coming out of uh, Kentucky in college. So we'll see. Just shoot the ball well, and then let it, let everything build off there. You know, yeah. Like, if you can be an off-ball shooter, and for how long he is, and you know, his defense hasn't been great, but it's like if he tries on D, he's long. He, he fits the three and D mold if he can shoot, but he's just shot so poorly in the past, like. It's right. tough. It's like let's just get that going, and then from there, you know, build just build on, like, from there. Creation yeah. and that other stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, it would be interesting to see him play three and D because that wasn't what we were expecting initially, but it's still so valuable in the NBA. Like I, I wouldn't hate that all for him because there's there'll be, you know, a spot for him always playing consistent three and D. Yeah, if you could shoot 36 percent from three, which isn't even great. That's quite probably I think league average. Right. And you're as long as he is in three and D. Yeah, the board. Yeah. Make a couple of steals. Like, you have a place in the NBA, so. Definitely. Hopefully for his, his sake, he'll, he'll do that. He's, he's also still pretty young, so. I don't want to give up on him completely, but this is definitely a, a make or break. Yeah, game. definitely. Um, so I'm pulling for everyone, pulling for him, all the boys. Um, but we'll move on to some of the to the draft. Um, obviously, uh, LaMelo is kind of the, even though he's went third, kind of the favorite right now for Rookie of the Year. 
Um, he's looked really impressive with some of the passing uh, in the preseason. So he dropped some really um, like great court awareness, like no look passes, interesting passes. Uh, what did you think of the draft overall, and who are you looking to uh, for rookie of the year? Who are you looking at? Yeah, let me pull it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled up the odds. Um, so I was a big – my two guys coming into the into the draft were Lamelo and Killian Hayes. Okay. And that's who I would say I have singled out. I know Lamelo is kind of the, the, the kind of favorite for rookie of the year, so that's not saying too much. But I just really – he was the one player in the draft that I think had, like, the ceiling of, like, top ten player in the, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Just with his passing, his passing IQ is so high. The stuff he does, you can't teach. Right. So I just feel at that size. I'm not as worried about the shot as other people are. I mean, we'll see how how that develops. But I'd say him and then the one sleeper guy who, I mean, I like Killian Hayes. Um, I think he's going to come right in for the Pistons and be their lead guard. Yeah. Uh, get, maybe not start, but he'll, he'll have minutes and kind of be able to run the offense through him. So that's kind of someone lower on the, on the rookie of the year odds. Or mm-hmm. I, I would assume that right. would uh, – at least for me, pop out. Yeah, I think uh, especially in the Pistons, will have a lot of opportunity, so that that can't hurt. And that's kind of the biggest thing with rookie of the year: how much are you able to play and showcase your uh, ability? Um, people were talking about Toppin as like an outside choice, and I just don't know if we'll get enough minutes comparatively to some yeah. of the other guys. But um, we'll see. Uh, coming off um, the reigning Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. Obviously, Giannis. Uh, who are you looking at for Defensive Player of the Year this year? Assuming they won't go back to Giannis. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, Anthony Davis is always always mm-hmm. in that conversation, and I think he could definitely win it this year. But I think just for a lot of the awards, like we'll talk about, like with the Lakers, I think LeBron and AD kind of monopolize each other. I mean, he could still win Detroit, but I think one person lower down that people probably aren't thinking about is Ben Simmons, who we already talked about. Right. But his defense is just crazy. That's someone who legitimately switches one through five. Like, he'll guard point guards. He can bang with centers. Um, I think he, he led the league in steals as a 6'10 point forward. But right. That's just that's not supposed to happen. And he's blocking shots. Um, so that's someone who I think – I saw that Joel Embiid has, like, a better chance of winning – or better odds. So, or, like, is higher up on the right. people's odds. To win defensive player of the year. So I think I think that's someone right down down a little bit lower on the totem pole that can definitely win defensive player of the year. Yeah. Very high. I like that a lot. I think he, he's I don't know if he's underrated defensively, but I don't know if he gets I the respect he, he deserves. Yeah, yeah. like, they know he's solid, but like I think he's like top five. Top in five league, in the league, yeah. And I think for the versatility. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to JJ Reddick's podcast, but um, he was talking about like a huge snub and the best defender of guards was uh, like we talked about Drew Holiday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think he didn't even make the all defensive team last year. So I think he'll get his recognition this year. And um, like Lillard was saying, like it's like the toughest matchup for him is Drew Holiday. So um, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big pickup for this. I think the Bucks. I mean, we'll talk about it later about like who's going to come out of these. But I mm-hmm. think that was a big pickup for them, just for everything he'll do. He's just, just such an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Oh, definitely. And I'm, yeah. I'm an Eric Bledsoe fan, but I just think Drew Holiday fits in perfectly. Yeah, it's I think more of what the Bucks need right now is a defensive minded player. So Yeah, 100%. All right. So let's um and then MVP. Um let me pull up the MVP odds real quick. But um is there anyone that jumps out to you to you right to uh, right away other than you know, like LeBron, Giannis? Um let me pull it up too. I, I was looking at it earlier. Um, oh so from- Yeah, go ahead. I'm still okay. About this. The person that came to mind right away was uh, Luca, and on this site, he's actually favored at plus four hundred. So um, that's not a not a bad bet. Obviously, when you're when you're all star, your rookie year, and then you have an uh, amazing year, your second year, you know, obviously that's where kind of the expectations go. So I could see him being like top three in MVP voting if he has yeah, another good I'm, year. I just pulled it up. Yeah, I have Luca at plus four hundred too. I would I would definitely. So the three people I think I would. I would take is so I think it could be Luca, obviously. I think Giannis, obviously, he's going to put up the same number. Right. So it's like, I think voter fatigue is obviously a real thing. They're not going to want to give it to him. So, I mean, if he puts up those same numbers and no one else puts up numbers and he's a, they won the East again, it's going to be hard not to give it to him. 
So that's something you could you could go with. I think LeBron and AD are just it's just so tough because they're going to be minutes restrictions. Yeah, they take away from each other's stats, like you were saying. Yeah, they're not going to be putting up as as much stats because of that. But one, I'll give one sleeper that I think, um, Dame Lillard plus sixteen hundred. I just think the I think the Trailblazers could be a top three team in the West, and it's like. People would think maybe give it to Steph or like pick Steph. I just don't think the Warriors are going to be a top five team in the West. Mm-hmm. So it's like hard to win MVP. I mean, I know Russ did it that one year when he averaged a triple double and they were like the fifth or sixth team right. in the West. But it's like, I think the Trailblazers could be up there and Lillard's just going to put up crazy numbers. And obviously McCollum's on the team, but it's not like he's going to cut it's into his like minutes. Yeah. So I think that's one person. Obviously, I like Luka. I think he could win it. I think Giannis could. I think LeBron could. But if you're going to go with someone kind of off the beaten path, I think Dame would be a good pick. Yeah, he's constantly getting slept on as like a top, you know, at least a top five guard in the league. Um, but yeah. I'm definitely a, um, like a, a Dame fan and hopefully takes a, another solid step forward. For me, it's tough to look past uh, KD as long as he stays yeah. healthy. Um, because he's that- like the one of the maybe the best scorers ever. So um, if he stays healthy, yeah, I like KD in the MVP race. Yeah, I mean, if, he, if, he's a, if he's normal KD and they're a top four seed in the East, I think he's 100% can win it. His, my only slip up with him and like LeBron and AD is kind of the same thing. It's, it's um, just like how much are they going to be taking the regular season like 100% seriously. Yeah. Like, you know Luke is going to be going for MVP. You know he's going to be putting up right. numbers. They need him to score. Game, they need him to score. Um, Giannis, they need him. Like I, I could see like Durant being an older-ish player coming off a big injury, and kind of, restrictions. you know, yeah. taking a night off on a back-to-back stuff like that, which just like it doesn't affect how good he is, but it's harder to win MVP that way. Right. But if he's playing every game, playing how he used to play, obviously he's, he's going to be right up there. Mm-hmm. All right, we're since we focus on the East, we're going to bounce out to the West. Obviously, the Lakers uh, heavy, heavily favored. Um, so a lot of good teams out there. You look at the Mavs, like we talked about. Uh, Clippers, I think they take a step forward this year. I think um, not that last year was a fluke, but I don't think um, like you're going to see that again from Paul George necessarily. I think he's a better player than he showed. Obviously, everyone was making fun of him and like pandemic P and all this stuff. But I think the, the Clippers will be in contention. Uh, Blazers, like we said. So any other teams that um, are flying under the radar in the West? Yeah. yeah. Um, personally, I think the Lakers are kind of just going to take over again. I just think they improved so much mm-hmm. off an early championship roster. So, I mean, if I'm picking someone right now, it's, it's not hard for me. It, it's Lakers. But after you get through that, I actually think that the Nuggets would be yes. the team I would like the most. Um, I just don't I, – I, I don't think I agree with you on uh, Paul George. I don't think he plays. I think you give him – not a pass, but, like, I'm not writing him off as a top 30 player because of that. Like, he was third in MVP voting two years ago. He's not, like, an awful No, yeah, player. that's what I was saying. Like, he's not going to play that bad again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's not going to be like that. But I just – I don't like how their roster fits, really. I mm-hmm. think they have the same problem. They didn't get a point guard. Pat Beverly is a good point guard, but he's not creating offense. No. That was the main problem with Kawhi. If it wasn't Kawhi, and Paul George isn't really – I mean, maybe he, he can get back to that, but he's not – necessarily going to want to create offense in those crunch moments, it's kind of tough to not have a point guard. And if Kawhi doesn't want to be the one to do it. So I think the Nuggets just fit well. They are going to take another step. Jamal Murray took another step forward. Nikola Jokic is the best best big in the, in the league, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything he does, passing at that size. And then if Michael Porter Jr. can take another like half step forward with what he did in the, in the bubble, I think they're just their role players that fit around them are just. It, I think they could. That's a team that the Lakers that could potentially be the Lakers. If yeah. I had to pick. Yeah. yeah, I think um, Jokic and and Murray are maybe a top three or four duo in the league, and no one really sees that right now. So I think they take. I'm not sure. Yeah, who, I don't know who I would take over them besides AD and LeBron. Yeah, like I, I'd rather have those two than. What about KD and Kyrie? Would you take? Would you take? Nah, I think. I mean, I. They I haven't like proven it yet, so I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm just, I'm very down on Kyrie, so that right, right. I might I might just need to be I might be a little biased on that, but you're, I, you're I, not I the think only one. Over that. 
Yeah. Just because Kyrie is just, I don't, I don't know. He's a liability on defense. And mm-hmm. We'll see what he can do. And both of them have injury histories. I mean, they're obviously a very good duo, but I'm just, I'm very high on Murray and, and Jokic. Along yeah. with that whole team. And, and they proved it. They showed it in the bubble. They had, um, um, Murray had like several 50 point games in one series and, and all that against stuff. the, against the, the was, Jonathan Mitchell's team, the Jazz. Yeah, 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 it was against the Jazz. That was a crazy series. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I think that's a team that I'd watch out for. I, I mean, if I had to place a bet right now, I think I'm still taking the Lakers. Yeah, you even have to. With the juice, like, even mm-hmm. with them being the heavy. Yeah, if you have to take a bet, you put on the Lakers. Yeah. If I had to pick one other team, it's like, then you go through it. I'm pulling up who the people at the Lakers and Clippers. I'm not, I'm not in on the Clippers necessarily. I think they'll be better than they showed in the play, but I don't, I'm, I'm not in on them. Being any right. significantly better. Then it's the Nuggets who I like, the Mavericks who I think that's a little early for them. I mean, Luke is obviously insane. I think he's could win MVP and, and is a good pick, but I don't really see them making that jump to like winning the West just right. yet. And then it's, after that, it seems like the Trailblazers who I like, but I don't know. I think they're, they're not like a regular season team. A four and seed. Like the Warriors, Jazz. Yeah. And I just I'm not ready to pick any of those teams over the Lakers. So I think the Nuggets are definitely my second favorite team in the left. I like that. That's a good pick. And then we'll throw it back to the East. Um, obviously, Jimmy Butler in Miami uh, really impressed. Some people are short on them, saying it was like a matter of circumstance with the bubble and all that. How are you on the Heat? On the Heat? On the Heat. Oh, the Heat? Um, I, I think they'll be, I don't know, the Heat has been giving me some trouble as I'm getting ready. Yeah. Part of me is like, you know what, I think that's the team that's going to win the East again. And like, why would we go away from them? They have they didn't lose anyone to my knowledge. That was nothing significant. Yeah. And they brought in Precious Akaru um, from Memphis in the draft, mm-hmm. who's another scrappy player who fits in with them. I think they signed one or two other guys who can mm-hmm. help out. Um, so I just I I think they're they're going to be solid again. Um, if I had to pick another team. I'd, I, I want to pick the Bucks to like. Right, that's like the obvious. Bucks, but my thing is like I love the fit of Drew Holiday with mm-hmm. them now. Yes. But I think they have the same problem in the playoffs in the sense that like Drew's a great fit, is an upgrade. But is that the guy who's going to be creating offense for you? Because mm-hmm. Giannis, they wall him off in the playoffs. He's not. You don't want to have Giannis doing everything. Right. So it's like now, now it's Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton creating all your offense, and it's like. I like those players, but it's like I don't think they solved their major issue in mm-hmm. that sense. So it's like they took another step forward, but it's, they have the same structural problem in the sense that like they need someone who can almost like a Jimmy Butler or a Luca, but obviously it's hard to get the or James Harden type of player that can create offense for Giannis. Yeah, if you ask me, right? If you ask me right now, I think. Um, my pick to come out of these would be the Celtics after they were so close to beating the Heat, the Tatum at a bio dunk. I think they have a complete team, uh, maybe the best coach in the league, and uh, I could really see the Celtics coming through. Where are you in the Celtics? I, I liked what they did. Um, I liked that they brought in Tristan Thompson. I think that's a good fit for them. Um, Tatum is obviously a great young player with Brown and Smart. Um, I just struggle a little bit with where they're going to take that next step mm. and kind of just on ball creation and stuff like that. But I think they could, I think for me, if I had to take a look, just looking at these odds right now, the Sixers are plus 800 as the fifth, the fifth favorite to win the East. And I think they're going to trade for, uh, obviously for James Harden. Mm. If you swap Harden for Simmons and even on high on Simmons, I just think Harden fits way better with them. For like, for this year. I think, yeah. Yeah. For this year, I think they could win the East. If I had yeah. to pick like a kind of a sleeper team, not that they're like a giant sleeper right. team, but I love everything they did, bringing in shooters in the offseason. They got Steph Curry. Uh, I love that they drafted Tyrese Maxey. He's he's been balling this preseason. He can kind of just get his own shot, floaters, that kind of stuff. They also brought in one or two other shooters. I like I like the moves they made. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a team that could to make a little bit of noise. Definitely. Uh, before we go too much further, I can only record for 30 minutes, so we can take a quick pause and come right back. All right. We were just talking about uh, the Sixers and um, how we felt about their preseason. You were talking about their draft pick and um, that, that, that they're plus 800 right now. So that I think 
to get them before they trade for Harden would obviously affect the odds. So that could be a good thing to get in now. Sure. Yeah. No, definitely. I think, yeah, I think that's the team with Doc now and Maury. That's just a, kind of an organization I trust. And uh, obviously, Embiid's health always gives me a little bit of pause. Mm-hmm. But he's been, for the most part, honestly, pretty healthy the last couple seasons. So I just think him and Harden would be the clear best duo in the East and with the shooters around them. And I like that they brought in Dwight Howard, too, just another solid body. He, I mean, he was super helpful for the Lakers. So I right. just think they're a team that I kind of buy into a little bit more. And I think they'd match up really well with, with the Bucks if they did have to face them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like it sounds like a four horse race between the Heat, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers. Kind of, kind of checks out. Obviously, the Nets are going to be in there too. So, yeah, we'll and it's like then after that, it's like teams like the Raptors, kind of maybe like the Hawks, Wizards. But that's like I don't know those teams. I could see actually those are solid playoff teams. But I don't think they have not a threat to come like out of the East. NBA Finals yeah. expectations, right? Right. Now. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's going to be really hard to stop the Lakers. I think that's the name of the game. We'll see. Uh, I'm hoping someone does it, but, um, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. Yeah, I, 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 I thought they were going to win last year. They won. Um, and now they, their roster is just look – I mean, obviously it's on paper right now, but it looks Schroeder. noticeably better. Yeah. Schroeder, Kyle, another year of Caruso growing, Kuzma mm-hmm. growing. I just think they're they're going to be a, a wagon. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so only one more day, and then we get this shit started. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'd love to have you on again uh, before the playoffs, before the finals. But uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. This was fun. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. What are the games tomorrow? It's the Nets and Warriors, and then who else is it? I uh, will check. Before Wait, I let you, the Lakers are playing, right? Uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. I would guess. Um, you might be interested in this. We have a, a huge guest tomorrow. Let's see if you can guess who it is. It's a 2008-2012 Olympian in the 815-1500. Uh, no, no, very close. He's an Oregon graduate. Uh, he's very tall, charismatic. Andrew Weeding? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, almost as big as me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got, the, you got the big guest out of the way today, and then we'll yeah, a pretty yeah. big guest tomorrow. So yeah, that'll and, be good. Yeah, that'll be fun. So we're gonna we're gonna throw this uh, up on YouTube. You were with um, you know Elijah Taylor from the running school. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So he was like part one, part two, NBA preview. Oh, perfect. So yeah, I'd love to come back on maybe a month and we can talk. talk yeah, more definitely. About um, so got two solid NBA analysts on on the team, so I'm very happy with that. Perfect. All right, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, thank Catch you, you later. Thank you guys for listening. Everybody go through something, it's all about perseverance. They was counting me out. I put passion in every 
legendary. Fuck the stack up and Nima spent some racks on my appearance. Yeah, I know that they hate I'm the man they trying to hear it. Come leave my brother in them prisons. Told them come and stay with me. We gon' live like kings for all them nights. They had no place to sleep. Niggas watch the starving of our house, but us a plate to eat. Took off, now they mad, but I know that they won't wait for me. Last year I took a trip to every place that I can't wait to 